a short recap for uh, for those you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So, so chlamydia. Is, there's eight <laughs> baby goats in this movie, <laughs> and chlamydia is like the star. She, Always, like Zoe said, she she dies. Yeah, she dies. She dies in the end. Spoiler alert! But but not from chlamydia. Correct. So, cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, We're still trying not, to find a cure. Yeah. Well, are we? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just keeps coming back again. A portion of the proceeds of this film is going towards chlamydia research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag find a cure. Hashtag find a cure. Welcome to Bitch Talk. I'm your host, Aaron, here with my co-host, Ange, a.k.a. Captain Party. And over the last 10 years, we've been elevating marginalized voices through interviews and events. Sometimes over a glass of whiskey. If you're thirsty for more bitches, head over to bitchtalkpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram. A big thank you to 48 Hills and our listeners for voting us Best of the Bay Best Podcast in 2022 and 2023. And now, on with the show. Welcome to our Sundance Slam Dance coverage. Today, we're highlighting two Slam Dance narrative films, Bliss and The Bitcoin Car. As usual, we're joined by our honorary festival bitch, John Wildman. Enjoy. We are on filmsgonewild.com and Bitch Talk. My name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief of Films Gone Wild, flanked by the Bitch Talk co-hosts, uh, Angela Tabora and Aaron Lim. And we're going to talk about the film Bliss, which is the second film in a planned trilogy. And right now we're going to have our filmmakers introduce themselves. So, Joe? I'm Joe Maggio. Um, I'm one of the writers and the director of Bliss. Farrell? Hi, I'm Farrell, and I am one of the writers, and I am an actor in Bliss. And Clint? Hi, I'm Clint Jordan, and I'm one of the... Uh, writers and uh, also an actor in Bliss. <laughs> and Larry. Uh, I'm Larry, and I'm an executive producer and an enabler. And I, <laughs> I do, uh, I have a cameo in it as well. Oh, that's true. Yes. 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 All right, we, we always start this off by having our filmmakers uh, introduce the audience to the film. They haven't seen it as yet. So, Joe, do the honors. Tell us about Bliss. Okay, so Bliss is the uh, sequel to my very, very first film, which was made in 2001 and premiered at Slamdance in 2001. It's called Virgil Bliss. And Bliss picks up the story of Virgil Bliss, the titular character, um, 23 years later. Uh, he's living off the grid in the desert canyons outside of, uh, like, north of Los Angeles, and he's a fugitive, and he's just sort of drifting through life, and then something happens that causes him to have to to change everything and take action and um i think that's it really Farrell, you you're the one who usually describes all right ready (laughs) there's an ex-convict drug addict living in a somewhat abandoned house with his hot girlfriend (laughs) and they do drugs she ods spoiler alert uh and he buries her body because he's afraid he's going to get in trouble if he uh, tells people that she's dead. And also, she wanted that. <laughs> uh, she she would she would not have wanted to go into a yeah. potter's grave somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. she wanted to be <laughs> in an unmarked <laughs> grave in the desert. And then her sister, who's a very religious, very uptight woman, shows up and says, "Where's Amy?" <laughs> and he says, "I don't know where it's Amy." And so 
That's the movie. <laughs> she says we're going to do it as a podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is actually the Bliss podcast. Yeah. I really yeah, exactly. It could be a one-woman show. <laughs> I mean, I'm wrong. That's not the first time I've heard that. Well, yeah, spoiler alert: that is <laughs> one of the conceits of the movie, right? Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to throw in a question before this runs off the rails, uh, before it turns into the Bliss podcast. But um, since we have multiple writers here, I do want to ask, there's multiple characters in this story. Someone plays a multiple character. But um, whose decision was it to make the desert one of the main characters in the film? It was beautifully shot. Good question. Um, that's a good... Well, when we left Bliss... Um, Virgil Bliss in the original movie, he was sitting at a table having his first drink. You know, he tried to go straight, and we thought, well, he's a wanted man, and where would he go but west, right? Where? Yeah, he, and, we leave him in Brooklyn. He's yeah, in a little in a tiny apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Wait, but the truth is that it's limitations. It's that Clint and I live in LA, Joe is coming to LA, and like, where could we shoot? That was cheap and cool looking, and the answer is Santa Clarita. I mean, isn't that? Yeah. yeah, and we needed it. We needed a location where we could really commute to. Yeah, but uh, also we looked at some other locations and uh, where we all lived. That was something, um, you know, that was feasible for us to to yeah. go back and forth outside of LA. And, and, uh, and we love like gritty Americana. I think all three of us love like that gritty American yeah. West aesthetic. It, it's a nice contrast because you know, in the East Coast, you, it, you don't get the expansive uh, view that you get in the West. And this sort of feeling of of anonymity, you know, living mm-hmm. out in the desert, mm-hmm. that Virgil's under an assumed name, and I think, and you know, he really wanted to just ride it out, and and be buried in the desert himself, and then things happen that cause him to have to take action. But I, I just want to add to what Farrell was saying. It is an approach to filmmaking and storytelling um, that sort of considers first, what do we have. You know, what resources do we have? Well, I had Clint and Farrell, so we knew it was going to be a story about two people, you know, and that was where we began. But also you look, it's like, yes, we could shoot in the desert. That's all free. That's all free production design. So that's where we'll set it. And then we, and we sort of work backwards. We create the story around what we have instead of writing a story and then struggling to find you know, resources that maybe we don't have. Yeah. 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 So for example, and a lot of things changed the, 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 the hero location, the home that they live in, in the desert wasn't exactly what we wanted, but it was what we, what right. we could use. And so we, we altered the story so that that location made sense. Um, initially Virgil was working in a, in a, like a, a mechanic shop and because we wanted sparks and welding and we could not find anyone who would let us in. And then Paula Killen, our producer, um, said, well, I know someone who has a, who can get us into a barn. And it was like, oh my God, that's so much better. So, so, so it's an approach to, it's, it's an approach to filmmaking that takes into consideration the resources that you have and, and then writing the story around that. It's, re- it's reverse engineering. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and so many films on, on this budgetary level, you have to do that, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I would just say that uh, because of Joe's approach to filmmaking uh, is in line with my own. For example, my contribution was being so enthused that I said, let me pay for a slightly better camera just because that'll help you on the far end. Yeah. When you've mm-hmm. made a good movie, which I knew he would, uh, 
let's make sure that we capture it, you know, in a format that's going to be uh, attractive to yeah. to the buyers. And so those are the, that's the rapport that Joe and I have. I really support his filmmaking, incidental filmmaking, as he calls it. And it's this idea of being uh, light on your feet. And it's the way to make indie movies now. Well, Larry, I mean, listen, I mean, you've done that with a lot of filmmakers, you know, a mutual friend, Ted Gagan, people like that. And congratulations on Brooklyn 45 again for all the, <laughs> the crit critical acclaim for there. But, I mean, Joe, when you have someone like Larry, like, kind of backing you up, you got to go in going, oh, I'm, I'm set. I'm all good. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, not to, not because Larry's just sitting there, but, I'm, and you guys can attest, I, I've said it in, in past interviews. It really is, you know, Larry, he, he's a man of his word and, you know, fiercely independent or fierce. What, what is the fierce, independent fierce, independent cinema, cinema. Media because, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but, and Never I know, use adverbs. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's but it, it means so much to know that going into a project, Larry is on the team. Along the way, I can always count on him for advice, for material help, for, you know, like whatever, whatever we need, because he wants to see it happen and he gets excited about the process. So, yeah, it's, it's a huge asset. Well, we all need a good enabler in our lives. Yeah, <laughs> Larry, I'd like your number, by the way. Uh, so I, I did want to go back to the script and it being a collaborative process. I connected to this film in a very specific way. So I wanted to take a poll. How many of us are recovering from growing up in a very religious household? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. <laughs> Why was that such an important part of the story? I... I... I'm obsessed with Christianity. As a Jew, I, it's just been such a like bizarre other, and it's been such a, and it's such an American religion. And I, I I don't know. It sort of seeped into our story. We yeah. didn't intentionally make things so symbolic, or we weren't looking out for that. And it was just sort of accidental that I had this giant cross on and, and a Bible. Like. Oh yeah, no. yeah, <laughs> ready. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was also basing that on uh, family members. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think we were also interested in not Christianity per se, the 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 you know the, the tenets of the faith, but more the the iconography, the idea, the the, the grand themes behind Christianity: of redemption, endurance you know, the agony in the desert, you're in the garden, you know, mm -hmm. and these were, I think these were really resonant themes when we were writing the story and it just lends itself to the, to the desert, you know, um, and the trials that, that Virgil goes through. And, um, and, you know, it just, it, it, and, and, and I did grow up Catholic and, and this is part of my DNA, you know, um, I was an altar boy, I went to Catholic schools mm -hmm. my whole life. Yes, um, um, I'm lapsed for sure, you know, now, but, um, <laughs> right. um, but we were also influenced, we were influenced by a film called Silent Light, Carlos um, Regadas, I think is how you pronounce his name, um, which is uh, set in a Mennonite community in, I think in Mexico, Mexico. right? And and there were aspects of that film that that when we were just general having general discussions about the story we wanted to tell that we found exciting and I think that's part of also how the idea that she's maybe 
um, extremely religious, and, and also to draw a contrast, a you know, dichotomy between this one sister whose life has gone off the rails, and then this other sister whose life has also gone off the rails, but, but they're very, very different people. Mm. So. But also, I think you set up certain assumptions when she shows up. She's very fierce, and mm. she seems extremely principled, and so you just assume that as, in fact, your character does, you know... Mm -hmm. uh, and then we learn that she has a slightly different agenda. It's not quite so yeah. morally driven. <laughs> yeah. right. And that becomes just a great story device. Yeah. But that's part of religion, too. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about acting, because, man, uh, you know, I mean, this is, this is essentially a two-hander. And, 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 and the two of you are both shouldering so much um, and, and tossing the football back and forth, uh, you know, in the scenes together. Uh, I would love for you two to talk about working with each other and then also working with Joe to keep it so grounded. And, you know, because there are moments, you know, it, with this story, there are moments that, you know, this could go into high melodrama. It could, um, you know, but it really doesn't. And, and, and also the fact that, you know, playing two roles, you know, it, it's incredibly impressive that we're not calling attention to it as a look at me. But it really is it, it, almost to the point that that Farrell, you did such a good job that that I did kind of question a little bit, going, it's the same, same, it's the same. Aww, but no, maybe, ma you. maybe not, maybe not, <laughs> right? But 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 let's but let's focus on 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 how you two work together, literally in a real sense, to get those scenes. Um, My friend. Well, <laughs> well, I th I think chemistry is like really important. I mean, you know, when you have chemistry with someone that you really respect and you love their work, um, you don't really you, that's out of the way. You don't have to manufacture that. So we already had we'd worked together uh, on a number of things, actually on Farrell's film, uh, Mary Meet Grace, and um, we had already developed our own kind of shorthand of working together. And Joe and I had been you know, working together for almost three decades together. So again, there was that shorthand. So the trust was already there and that, that kind of grounded us j just from that. And then we started, you know, we had the opportunity to work on the script together. So the three of us had been writing this script for quite a long time and had gone through, um, you know, it had, we had rehearsed it and we had really worked through the character. So by the time we were showing up on set to start working, um, it kind of took on a, a, its own, you know, a, a life of its own. All right, Farrell. You tell, tell us that everything you said was wrong. <laughs> and it was all of you. Exactly. Uh, we, we're very lucky. We, the two of us have a very, I mean, and, and the three of us. So the, the two of us in terms of acting have a very, um, just, it, it's very easygoing. And there's so much trust. And it's so fun to play. And it's so fun to work really hard. I think we are, I mean, what actor doesn't love backstory? But we're like talking about our, our characters' childhoods and we're just so, um, I don't know, we're so intense about it. And in the same way, it's really nice. And yeah. then with Joe, with writing, the three of us had such a wonderful simpatico and it was, again, easygoing and judgment-free and really a joy to write together. Well, I mean, the results uh, just show up in a, in a major, major way. Again, we've been talking about the film Bliss, which is screening at Slamdance. Uh, and after seeing it, you'll be anxious to see the third chapter um, <laughs> that, that these guys are going to come up with. Uh, thank you guys for being on the show and talking about the film. Yeah, thanks so thank much. You. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by fancy bitch, Amy Bilstrom. Bitch Talk would like to give an extra special thanks to our caviar bitches, Antoinette Tabora, Annie Tabora, Courtney Kita, a.k.a. C-Note, Tim Sika, Sign the Show, and Arabella DeLuco, founder of WeXL.org. Here we are on Bitch Talk and FilmsGoneWild.com. My name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief of Films Gone Wild. With me is Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora from Bitch Talk. And on this segment, we're going to talk about the Bitcoin car, which is screening at Slam Dance. We have with us, well, in fact, we'll introduce, so, so on the audio, you'll recognize your voices. I am Tariq Veluktoslimo. I'm the director and writer, I am producer and slash actor of <laughs> The Bitcoin Car. <laughs> um, I am, uh, my name is Zoe Winter Hansen, and I am an actor only on The Bitcoin Car. <laughs> Slacking Wh- off. Which, is, yeah, I, which really? as I learned last night, is not always the case that you will pull double duty and triple duty on films sometimes. Sometimes, which, yes. Which, uh, so we've got a multi-talent, we've got several multi-talents across the table from us. <laughs> um, we start off the segment by having... Uh, you introduce our audience to the film. They have not seen it as yet. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the Bitcoin car. It's a musical about cryptocurrency mining <laughs> on a cemetery in uh, the Arctic, in a little village. And it's got um, a farmer with really cute baby goats. <laughs> Sold. It's kind of there all you, you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then told the whole story. But um, <laughs> but was this film always going to be a musical, or was that something that was added in while you were writing um, Bitcoin Car? From the very beginning, it was. So and and so I it started with an invite to a festival uh, that was this past summer in Norway. So I knew like I had about two years to finish the film. So you know, I wasn't. I I knew that was not very long. So like the musical thing was like for two reasons. It was for because uh, music just allows a little bit of weirdness. Like we, it's not natural to break break into song, but we. <laughs> so for some people, yeah, no, speak no, for no. yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I speak for the rest. Of, you know, the rest of the world. <laughs> the normies out there. The normies. <laughs> so so it was for that. Um, <laughs> Because I'm weird, and you know, it's like a, a way doorway in for for our weirdness. But also, um, it was a really great way to because I started writing the script and we're composing the music with the composer Victoria Sergienko parallel. So it actually started mm. with uh, uh, kind of a song for each character, and and the, so- the the text of the, the lyrics of the songs, like the essence of the character, some sort of essence of each character. So so actually like. I was like on scene one, and then I wrote song number one at the same time. You know what I mean? So, so, so the music was a quick way uh, mm. into it, and you know, uh, and also you know, it's a musical, so we can't we can't really add music afterwards like we do sometimes with movies. Uh, so it was a way of like because we need the songs, right? We need the vocals and we need the tempo, the demo versions for the shoot, right? So it's a way of like. Uh, getting the mu- something out of the way, right? That was like the motto of the whole thing, that like, get stuff out of the way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so music check first, yeah. I love a musical and I had so much fun watching this movie and I was thinking, like, how would I describe it to somebody? And I think I would just say, someone's playing an accordion in a hot tub 
and there was a goat named Chlamydia. And I think 99% mm-hmm. of people would want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> they they <laughs> sold. Um, but I just want to talk about how you choose these really light, fun scenes, but you really have um, important messages to put across on capitalism, environmental issues um, that are underlying. So it's like we're kind of subconsciously being told <laughs> all these, all these uh, really important lessons. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think I work with this idea that, uh, you know, the kind of the message, the important stuff or like, you know, the serious stuff, it's always going to be there. It's going to be carried along. But we want, you know, people to enjoy it because that's, you know, what will make them stay, stay there, not turn it off or like zap over to something else. So, so we want it to be about, you know, characters, people, sort of uh, the circle of life, animals, nature, you know, all those things kind of in the forefront and the yeah the two siblings really and then yeah cryptocurrency and you know <laughs> yeah because we are yeah you're right i mean we're, we're putting up this contrast of like nature and you know something i don't know original or <laughs> mm-hmm. and then kind of forces kind of global things you know power forces finance uh crypto i still have no idea what cryptocurrency no, correct. Does. Correct. no, no one really no, knows no, i did not succeed yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. No, i mean because uh, in our regular lives and everyday life we're being told these like kind of bombarded with these kind of heavy themes about climate change change like all the time and i think the movie kind of takes up the themes but in a playful way mm-hmm. so i think that's kind of refreshing mm-hmm. all right so now Zoe let's talk about your character all right <laughs> so 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 where so, to yeah, begin. so yeah exactly where to begin you know and, and for people who have not watched the film um you are kind of like an Elon Musk type um eccentric mm-hmm. um with a terminal illness mm-hmm. um who wears a conquistador helmet mm-hmm. and you know, and, and, and then convinces an entire town to allow you to build this giant mm-hmm. gold facility, right. mining facility sure. on top of their and on top of mm-hmm. their, their burial grounds mm-hmm. and, and everything. Using very few words. Exactly. And you're also <laughs> going to sing the song um, uh, with, with some little critters flying around your head yep. at the same time. Hmm. So why now, not? Why not? So, so yeah. exactly. Why not? More is more. Why, exactly. But you have to act this. You yep. have to act this, and you have to sing this. Mm-hmm. And so you're having conversations with your director. You're, you're going through the script and going, what the hell is this? What am I doing? Talk about how you approached it so it wasn't just a thousand things swirling around in your head and you were able to give a performance. Yeah, no, that's kind of the thing with, uh, with working with Tadigua because I've worked with him before, and I've... I've kind of cracked the code, and that is to just roll with it. <laughs> and uh, so reading the script, I mean, I, I, you know that there's going to be a new little twist on every page, and that's what makes it fun. Uh, so I, uh, that's what made me interested in the role, and that's what made it so fun to shoot, and uh, kind of just free it, because it was like, yeah, he's doing his own thing, and I just get to be his medium, and... Uh, yeah, we had a great time. Well, now, now the follow-up really quickly to that, too, also, is that, you know, you've been doing this for a while. You've been doing this since since you were, you know, teeny tiny, yep, right? I was eight. And, and, you know, and you've been going through the process of smaller roles, little, you know, building up from, like, you know, uh, and because and I, I got the insider info from your mom, <laughs> I got to tell you. Yeah. Um, sitting over there. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and so now you get a chance, now with the last t- couple of movies, 
to play in a big movie, to play a larger role, yeah. to be a, a central a figure. Um, you know, what's that like for you? Are you like going, finally, finally somebody gets a clue that I can do this stuff? Or are you going, you know something, this is just my next step up? Yeah, I, I always I always knew that I wanted to do this, and I always kind of knew that I had the potential. And uh, it's really nice to have that validated. And, uh, you know, in this industry, it's a lot of being in the right place at the right time. It's a lot of, lot of luck. Um, and it was very lucky that just me and Srigva met. So... Um, you know, if, if my mom hadn't been offered a small role in his last short film where they needed an, an American woman, you know, then I wouldn't be here um, playing the antagonist of his first feature. So mm. it's all like one step at a time and yeah. Yeah, but your feet are on the ground though, you know, that's a really good Yeah. And if they ever, to be, you know, try to, like, get, get a little off the ground, someone has to snap me right back. Yeah, yeah. but you know, like, you found out yeah. it's, it's, it's work, and the more yeah. work you put in, I think it's for all of us. The mom, more work mom is and over on the sofa pointing in. to herself, so I think we know who's going to yeah. put you right back. For you listeners, mom is in the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be here without my mom either. She's been the best momager, you, you know, anybody could ask for. Uh, so, yeah, big, big thanks to her. Yeah. Mom, did you hear that? <laughs> we'll drop a link to Mom's uh, uh, IMDb yeah. <laughs> on, our, uh, on, our, on our bitch talk page. Yeah. Please, please, please. My next question is just please talk about the STD goats. The, I mean, <laughs> kind of, kind of my favorite, favorite thing. Well, why not? So, so yeah, why not? Uh, short recap for uh, for those you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So, so chlamydia is there's eight baby goats in this movie, <laughs> and chlamydia is like the star. Always. <laughs> like Zoe said, she, she in died. In my experience, yeah. Chlamydia yeah. 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 starts. She dies in the end, spoiler alert. But, but not, not from chlamydia. Mm-mm. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're still trying not, to find a cure. Yeah. Well, are we? Yeah. <laughs> the ghost. The ghost. The ghost. The ghost. The The movie. A portion of the proceeds of this film is going towards chlamydia research. Yes. 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 <laughs> Hashtag find a cure. Hashtag find a cure. No, but, but it's true because like the, the town where but, I'm from in Tromsø, like, is the highest rate of chlamydia like in the world or oh something. My, what is happening? Yeah, there's an epidemic yeah. starting in Tromsø. There are drugs. So there like, are there like posters on the buses like get tested. Chlamydia is everywhere. Anyway, but there are drugs. This is all making sense now. Your movie is making Yeah, well, I'm 45. I'm like, I'm past my peak. Thank God with uh, that. Hey, with all the STDs. Um, I beg to differ. Yes. With the STDs. Oh, no. You, oh, with yeah. the STDs. Oh, okay. I thought you meant in general. No, 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 no. Like, okay. STDs. What is happening? <laughs> I'm just being that I have a healthier, talk. Uh, healthier talk. sex life now. So, anyway. Oh. So, <laughs> but you apparently don't. Sorry. That's fine. Oh, 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 I thought you meant you were past your peak, like, as a person, no. like, in your life. No. Of course we're not. Okay, let's stop. Time okay. out. Okay, okay. back Happy to the guys. Everybody's healthy sex. <laughs> yes, important. <laughs> Good <protection>. values. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Okay, and, consensual. And, and, and cute goats. <laughs> yes. So the goats are actually my own baby goats. And um, this is something I've done um, for a few seasons. So I get like baby goats in the spring and I keep them uh, over the summer. And, uh, and then I <laughs> they yeah. end up in a freezer. 
<laughs> we eat them. We eat them. So so there was like. <laughs> Yeah, well, back to chlamydia. That's happy or So anyway, so they're they're my own private goats, and um, <laughs> actually, there was like two, three, three years before we sh- shot this. We had me and my boyfriend at the time. We had um, we had <laughs> so it was like every year it was like okay, we have to figure out new names, and there was a year of like STDs. So it was like inspired by that, mm-hmm. by real goat names from 20, 2018 questions, but I'm not ask no. <laughs> thank you some ghosts were harmed in the making of this movie okay oh, they were okay well but you gotta feed the, the cast and crew i guess yeah, i don't know but in the movie you, you you draft the goat in the, in the ocean right oh yeah it's a real bur- burial actually yeah because she actually went yeah the so ocean. there's uh there's possibly a dead goat in the bitcoin car and but we didn't kill the goat it died a natural death okay like four months before the shoot so i, oh. I put her in a in a bag and in the freezer so she waited there until the shoot. Oh, that's nice. Man, this is getting more as a as a person who's helping get the <laughs> word out on this film, I'm so glad you clarified that. <laughs> John, so John, let me understand. So your director kills goats um, for the, to make the film? No, 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 no. He didn't say that. He meant what happened was. <laughs> well, you hear what you want to hear. Yeah. Uh, yes, correct. Um, I mean, the bottom line is is that this is just the the most fun movie and has so many different things between sci-fi underlying uh, uh, commentary uh, this going on and songs and and just great and also the 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 epitome of an independent film um, uh, it, it's just so well done again the title of the film is the Bitcoin car screening at slam dance thank you both for being on the show Thank, Thank you, you guys. Thank you. It's wonderful Sorry to be here. Chaotic interview. That was really fun. It was fun. <laughs> that was really hilarious. Fun. <laughs> Let's do one more. <laughs> Take two. Well, so what do you be a two parter? So what are your thoughts on gonorrhea? Yeah. <laughs> Still trying to find a show. Yeah. I don't think I've had it. I don't think I've had it. I, I had six years in Berlin, so you know, oh, I've you had could, pretty much yeah, everything. Yeah, you but. could have you a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on today's show. You can find more information about this episode in our show notes. If you're missing us, you can visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and buy us a cup of coffee. Did you know we're also on the radio? You can find us at bff.fm. And lastly, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All the cool bitches are doing it. This podcast is a proud member of the bff.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.